season, the 1st of December, I feel like it's like kind of the official time that we can start to, you know, start to look at Christmas. I, we, My family have a tradition of setting up the Christmas tree on the 1st of December. Anyone else a little bit like that? No one, that's all right, good. So I feel like I always put it out there and everyone just gives me nothing. That's okay, I've got five five friends, which is uh, good. Uh, hopefully I have some more later on by, uh, by the end of this. But uh, yeah, it's so, so good. I love Christmas. It's such a special season and what a unique season as a church we, where we're in. And it's a great thing to, you know, Carol's starting next week. It's so, so, so good. And uh, I, I couldn't help but do a Christmas message just to start off with. I feel like it's, you know, it's December, it's Christmas time. So we're going to get into the to the wise men, which is great. A bit of a, a, a kind of a childhood story of mine, one that I loved uh, as a young man. And uh, you know, as you can see, the decorations are up. We've got a star theme, the Christmas all through the foyer, which is so good. So we'll be getting into that. But just before we get into it, I want to share uh, a story about one of the most pressure situations of my life. Probably the bit, one of the biggest, I could say, probably one of the biggest kind of pressure moments of my life. There's big moments in life. Feel like having a, a baby, you know, getting married, that kind of big moments. But also one of the big moments that's got to be right up there is the proposal for marriage, right? It's a pretty big moment, right? You've got to, you want to get it right. You want to, you know, make sure it's a moment that you're going to remember for a while. Now, this wasn't actually my proposal, wasn't my, my you know, proposal to my wife, but it was actually my best mate's Riley Turner. Anyone know Riley Turner? He's the youth pastor at Mera and he uh, is living in London at the moment. But he uh, come to me one day and says, hey, John, um, you know, I'm ready to propose to Taylor. And I was like, that's awesome. That's so good. But then he goes, hey, but I, I need you to help me. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. What do, what do you want me to do here? Kind of my uh, heart started to beat a little bit because these are big moments. So like, I don't want to stuff it up. And he goes, hey, there's two things that I want you to do. And so what he was going to do, he was going to set up a beautiful day of them kind of doing different activities, starting off at King's Park where he was going to propose and then go off and do that. And so what he wanted me to do was to go before him and set up kind of this beautiful picnic and pick up their dog and actually take their dog and set it up, have it like nicely sitting there. So all of a sudden they would walk to Kings Park and all of a sudden it's just this beautiful picnic there. So that was the first part of it. So we went kind of grocery shopping in the morning, got all the picnic sorted and stuff. And uh, But the second part of it was he said to me, he goes, but I also want you to be the official ph- photographer. I want you to get the, the pictures of the moment. of, the, And I'm like, wow, like seriously, like you're seriously putting some, pre- like this is a big moment, like this is a moment you're going to remember and your moment you want to have, you know, captured. And I'm like, you're seriously leaving it to me? Like I can barely operate my iPhone, you know, I can do that. But, you know, you and I have this like Canon kind of big camera that they've given me and I have to take a picture and I'm like, okay. So I kind of took this moment on. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I set up the uh, picnic. It was all... Bi- Beautiful. It was a beautiful day as well. It's kind of um, on the, you've been to Kings Park, I'm sure most of you have, but it's just a beautiful spot as well, looking out. And I set it up. I tied up the dog. The dog didn't run away. That's kind of job number one. I was like, come on, I've ticked that off. That's great. Uh, it was kind of awkward because I walked away uh, from it. And most people were like looking at me like, are you just going to leave your dog there? <laughs> like, it's a bit it's a bit awkward. It's kind of yelping a little bit. And I was like, uh, no, there's a moment to come. I couldn't really tell, obviously talk about it to strangers. But anyway, um, so then I set up. I was like, a, I feel like a sniper. I'm going to give my pose. I was kind of setting up. So Riley was uh, due to arrive from, let's just say, he was due to arrive from the left over here. And I set up here beautifully. I've set the proposal moment up over here. So I set up kind of like this beautiful sniper, just ready to take some pictures, thinking I'm going to get some pictures of the walk up and then I'm going to take the moment. It's going to be beautiful. And so kind of time came. It was about 15 minutes before I was set up. I was ready to go. I was like, don't want to miss it just in case they come early. I'm looking. I look at the proposal moment. I'm looking. 
a look at the proposal moment, you know, five minutes to go, then the time comes, five minutes afterwards, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, have I missed it? Have I completely stuffed this up? And I'm looking, and then I'm like, geez, maybe it's just running a bit late. And then I realize as I scan back, Riley is literally in the moment. Riley's like on his knee proposing. He's like saying, will you, will you marry me kind of at this point? I'm like, okay, wow, like I've really got to take some pictures here. So I'm just like bang, 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 snapping, just going pictures crazy. Now here's the thing is that there was a bit of miscommunication obviously. There's that I was uh, sitting up here thinking he's going to arrive from that way where he literally arrived from the path that uh, I, I was on. And so he said that he literally had to walk past me, like kind of step over my my leg as I'm like this and he said but he complete he noticed but Taylor didn't and so so Taylor just had no idea so I almost stuffed up the whole moment by just sitting there like what's John there with a camera that's strange like there's something going on here and so luckily I got the moment um, I didn't stuff that moment up but it was funny because afterwards he had obviously planned this beautiful day and they were going to the zoo afterwards. She didn't know this, and I kind of just completely forgot that and said, oh, have fun at the zoo, guys. And then <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, geez, I shouldn't have said that. If, if you go to the zoo, if you go, enjoy it, you know, have a great time. I don't know if you are. If that's part of the plan, then awesome, enjoy it. I don't know, but... Uh, but luckily, I, I got it. It was a pressure moment. I got the pictures. It was all good. I don't know if they're even on Facebook. I was actually trying to find them before, see if I could actually get the picture itself. But, um, but I got the moment. And the reason why I share that story and why it's Christmas time and, you know, sometimes it's called the, the silly season. There's so much going on. It can be feeling like a bit of a, a pressure moment. It can feel like there's so many things going on. We're trying to just stay above board. We're trying to stay afloat. You know, there's presents that we've got to buy. There's work that we've got to finish up. There's so many different things, family gatherings that we're trying to plan. And so sometimes it can be, well, it is one of the most wonderful times of the year. But isn't it funny how sometimes it can actually feel like the most stressful time? It can feel like maybe it's a time where we actually have a bit more worry. We have a bit more things going on, and it's actually a hard time to keep things together. So what I want to do is look at, uh, look at the story of the wise men. Obviously, the title of my message is, is Led by the Light. Led by the Light. And uh, I want to look into how no matter what Christmas throws at us this season or the holiday season throws at us, how can we actually find joy? How can we actually find Christmas and actually enjoy what is going on and actually have a great time and, and go through Christmas no matter what happens? Because who knows, things don't always go to plan, don't they? They don't always go to plan. So, so let's look into this. We're going to go into Matthew uh, 2 verses 1 to 12, which will be great. Um, an awesome, awesome story. I think we've got the, uh, the scriptures on the screens here. So let's read that and we'll unpack it from there. Here we go. So it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called when he had called to, together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, Judea, uh, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And this was the prophecy in Micah um, from, from the Old Testament. It says, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means la least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." 
Then Herod, who called the Magi, secretly found out from the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the child. As soon as you find me, report to me so that I may go worship him. And obviously he's being a bit sneaky here because he's not someone that wants to worship him. He's a little bit jealous of Jesus, knowing that Jesus is going to be this new king coming in the rightful heir to the throne. And so he actually wants to get rid of Jesus. And so after they heard the king, this is the wise men, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went, over, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we'll stop, we'll stop there. And so it's pretty simple. Uh, these uh, magi from the east, they travel a massive distance uh, to, to see this star, to obviously try and meet Jesus and to, um, to, yeah, to see him in this moment, worship him and give him some gifts. So what I want to do is pull out three just thoughts or you know, attitudes, things that we can learn, I guess, from the wise men um, in this story and that will help us in our, in our Christmas season. And the first one is, what are we looking for? What are we looking for? And this one's really about keeping the main thing the main thing. So I think so easy with tradition and so many things that we've got to do, it's easy sometimes to allow the main thing to kind of maybe be something that falls to the side a little bit. In verse 2, it says, pretty, it says pretty obviously what the wise men were looking for. It says, where is the one who has been born the king of Jews? We saw his star and when it rose and we have come to worship him. They were simply looking for and looking forward to an opportunity to worship this new king. That's all they were looking for. And, you know, if you, if you know me, you know that I, uh, I love coffee. I love coffee. I can see Darren's got a coffee there. I had a coffee just, just, just before. And uh, am I addicted? Uh, maybe a little bit. But I, I, love, I love my coffee. But um, I remember one particular day that uh, I was doing the coffee run, as you probably do. You've got to take, do the takeaway orders. And so um, our house, we live in an apartment. We live about 50 metres away from a coffee shop, which is actually a really awesome convenient. Um, so I thought I'd do the run. There was four coffees I had to order. And so I got the, got the four. And then you know how when you get, get the coffee, sometimes it's like that little complimentary biscuit that jumps on the top? That was great. So this, this time, it was around Easter, I believe, actually. It was actually a little complimentary chocolate, like one of those little... Easter eggs that was full of uh, chocolate, you know, the solid ones. And so what I was doing was actually trying to balance. So I had one coffee in this hand, one coffee in the other hand, and then a coffee on top and a coffee on top. And then what they did was put the two Easter eggs on either side on both of them, okay? And so, you know, instantly, you know, I'm a competitive person. I'm like, I've got to get this the whole way. Like 50 metres, that's easy. I'm getting this. I'm balancing it the whole way. And so I was going the whole way. I was balancing, balancing, balancing. This is awesome. I'm like, this is just too easy. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was God just like, you know, humbling me or something. But um, I kind of got to the last little moment and it was maybe like just this crazy wind or something. But all of a sudden I can see the Easter eggs just moving, just going crazy. And so I'm kind of overcorrecting. I'm like going for it, still balancing until just all went into slow motion and the music, you know, dun, 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 dun. I can just see it all happening in front of me. The, the, the coffees are just flipping and just going and literally dropped all four of the coffees on the floor. On the floor, it was devastating. I know they say, don't cry over spilled milk, but I, 
I definitely cried that day. Like, I was devastated. It was not a, not a good time. Um, but, but in hindsight, I didn't have to go back. It was another 20 bucks. I was devastated. I couldn't believe in hindsight. I was like, how the heck did I actually let these Easter eggs, you know, actually make me, you know, lose my coffee? How did I heck, you know, I was like, why didn't I just let the Easter eggs just fall to the floor? You know, I ended up losing kind of what it was all about. I think when it comes to Christmas and sometimes when we're looking for is that sometimes it's so easy to, you know, get caught up in everything that we're doing. We actually miss the main thing. We miss the thing that it's actually all about. Does that make sense? You know, I love, I love Christmas traditions. I love um, all the different things that happen. I actually enjoy sort of the busyness in the sense that things pick up and you can see just the, the shops are getting busy and I love the atmosphere and all the things that come with it. Um, you know, my family, we love to open presents together. We have Christmas lunch. We have a famous kind of cricket match which happens as well on the same day and basically that's me just teaching them a master class in leg spin, um, you know, just kind of bowling them around their legs and, you know, all kinds of things. Mum, you know, she, she has no idea. Uh, no, she's actually pretty good at cricket. But, but I, I love all the traditions. It's, it's so good, so much fun, and I'm sure you have loads, loads of things that you do as well. But here's the problem, as I sort of alluded to before, is that not all things go to plan, do they? Not all things go to plan. And so if that's the only thing that we're looking for and they go wrong or we're disappointed or let down by those things, they can actually shape our experience. They can actually shape our Christmas sometimes and we actually think, oh, you know, my family member didn't make it this year, oh, so it's just not going to be... It's not going to be as good. It's not going to be the same. And, you know, there's lots of different things that can actually shape our Christmas. And so I reckon that if we are able to actually put Jesus as that light, put Jesus as the, the number one, the thing that actually is the main thing guiding our celebrations, that we can actually enjoy those traditions even more. Because here's what I'm not saying don't do those things. I, you know, Christmas wouldn't be the same without some of those things. But I think it's all about actually keeping the main thing the main thing, that when we keep our hope higher, we keep Jesus as the number one, that we can actually enjoy the moments that we have. We can enjoy the different things. And when, you know, dinner is a disaster and, I don't know, the, the roast gets overcooked or whatever and it can sometimes feel like the end of the world, it's actually, you know, we can have a perspective that says, actually, no, this is a, this is a funny story for later and I'm going to enjoy what I've got. I'm going to enjoy the moments that I have. So I want to encourage you to, to look to and to hope in Jesus this morning and, and throughout this Christmas season because it gives us a new perspective on everything. Does that make sense? That's the first one. The second one is, is what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Now, this one's connected to the first point, but it's a little bit different because I think sometimes it's so easy to look but not seek. It's so easy to maybe look from a distance. Maybe during this Christmas season, um, you'll probably be aware that lots of people look to Jesus, they sing about Jesus, they're, they're happy to join in the carols and do different things, but, but it's not something that they actually seek for their lives. And I think it's sometimes easy for us as well that we can look to Jesus, but not actually make any steps towards him. So I think it's a great thing to, to start to do. You know, last year, I, uh, well, last couple of years, I've been to Sydney for, uh, for Hillsong Conference and enjoyed that. Anyone actually been to a Hillsong Conference before? They're awesome, really, really cool, really fun. Um, but one of the things I do actually do enjoy, funnily enough, as I said, I like the busyness, is going to the shops and just seeing just how hectic they are, crazy. Like, Perth shops are, are big, and Perth shop, like Lakeside Joonlup is a big shop. It gets busy during Christmas. But if you go to Sydney, it's like, it feels like it's just another level. Like, it's just unbelievable. It's so, so you don't, you don't have any idea where you are. Um, you know, I know Lakeside Junop shops pretty well, even it's busy. I'm all right to make myself get around, but 
Sydney, it's like, I just have no idea. Like, it's just so big. I remember Teague and I were walking in there, and she knew where we were going. She had been to the shop before and was, uh, yeah, was kind of directing me. So I was like, I don't know if you know the word or heard of ghosting. You heard of ghosting where you're literally like following them because you're like, hey, if I get lost, I'm going to be in some trouble. I actually didn't have my phone on me, so I had like a bit of added pressure because um, if I get lost, it could be a little while here. And so I'm like ghosting her, following and looking at all the different shops and, you know, having a good time in the shops. And then uh, a couple of minutes went by and I kind of saw something and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so I tapped Tegan on the shoulder and then you know what happens, right? You know, she, she, well, not she, not, oh, it is a she, but it's, it's not Tegan. And it turns around. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, okay, this is awkward. Uh, what, what happens here? I'm like, oh, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I, I was laughing about it. It's like sometimes, you know, when a kid comes up to a, a, a parent or thinks it's their parent, it's not. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> they just runs away. And it's like, I was like that. I was like, oh. And then I turn around, I see Tegan just like laughing at me, just like, what the heck are you doing? Like, why, who are you following? That's awkward. Um, <laughs> But I find it, you know, Christmas, it's one of those times of, of lots of distractions, lots of things going on. There's, you know, I call it like scatterbrain. I just feel like it's just like my brain is just so scattered. I'm thinking about so many different things, and I'm sure you are the same. And I, I think it's so easy sometimes to actually lose track, to actually lose track and, you know, actually end up sometimes seeking the wrong thing or, you know, getting, getting off track and not seeking anything maybe. One of the things I loved here, and I'm always amazed by the wise men, is that they had to travel 1,500 kilometres just to get a glimpse of Jesus. It says they were from the east. They might have been from, from China or um, from Mongolia or somewhere like that. They were, they were, you know, from a long way, they had to travel just to get a glimpse. And they went to great lengths to actually be with Jesus and to seek him out. Now, meanwhile, it's interesting, there was actually religious scholars that lived around that time um, uh, yeah, that would have known about Jesus, that would have, you know, probably known about the significance of the star as well and the prophecies and things like that. And they live within 10 kilometres of where Jesus was born, yet they didn't bother to actually make the journey. They didn't bother to, to go. And so they were looking and maybe they, you know, knew about Jesus, but, you know, it wasn't something that they were going to do for themselves. And I love that the wise men, what they did was created time and they created space to seek him, to seek Jesus. And I wonder, you know, what it would look like for us this Christmas to create time and to create space to actually seek Jesus, to not just look from a distance, but actually to seek him. You know, I read a book uh, a couple of years back called Too Busy Not to Pray. Too Busy Not to Pray. I don't know if you've heard of that one before, but I love it because it's a, a shift in attitude, basically saying, hey, you know, busy doesn't mean less time with God. Actually, busy means... I need more time with God because if I'm busy, you know, I've got some more things going on. So actually prayer becomes more priority and becomes more, um, you know, significant in my life. And I, you know, it's an attitude of saying I will not miss seeking Jesus this Christmas. So what does that look like for you? I want to I give you a challenge uh, to make a commitment. What does it look like for you this, this December, this Christmas to actually seek Jesus? To like, hey, I'm just not going to allow another Christmas to go by without seeking him. You know, whether it's uh, reading a verse a day or, you know, trying to do a plan on your version app or you're going to listen to some worship or what does it look like for you to actually say, I'm just going to seek. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that, you know, and parents, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to help my kids seek. I'm going to help my, my family seek as well. I, I don't want it to be another Christmas where I kind of miss what is going on. Um, and the last one um, is what can we bring? What can we bring? And I might welcome up the band if that's all right as well. Um, what can we bring? And it sounds cliche because I think sometimes 
Christmas, it's, uh, it can be so much about what we can get, right? But I think it's a shift to actually saying, what can we bring? What can we give? What can we actually be a part of helping others this Christmas? The wise men, they came bearing gifts. This is the, the, the whole, you know, the part that, we, that we, uh, we see all the time is that, you know, each brought a gift, each represented different things. And what they were doing was communicating value, really. It was, uh, they gave gold, which was significant for a, a gift of, uh, for a king. Um, so it's saying, you know, that you are a king. Uh, frankincense, which was gift for a, a priest. So they're saying, you know, Jesus, you're, you're a pastor. You're my shepherd. You know, that's what the prophecy was, was saying. And then myrrh as well, which was a, actually a gift for, for death or, or burial, which seems interesting. But in some ways, some people, were, some people, scholars say that it's actually them recognizing him as the Messiah, that he was to live and he was to, to die. And um, so what they brought was an act of worship, and they were showing value to Jesus, showing value to Jesus. And I guess how this can apply to us is obviously we can show value to Jesus by doing the first two things that we spoke about this morning. But I want to apply this to how can we show value to others? How can we show value to others this Christmas? How can we bring joy to others? I remember a, a, few, a few years ago, um, actually was around Christmas time, um, I was in the, uh, the line at Macca's, I was like in the, shop, in the shop ordering something, and it was a busy, busy day, and so, you know, it took ages to even get to the front of the line, I finally get to the front of the line, I order, and then um, I go to pay, and then on the little kind of, what are they even called, the ATM bank things, I'm, I'm losing my... FPOS machine, there you go. I normally call it Albert because we've got that's what we call our one. But uh, but on the FPOS machine, I see the the word that no one wants to see, right? You see the client, right? You didn't see the client. I'm just like, oh man, like I've been here for 25 minutes already. It wasn't. I didn't have like the kind of capabilities of quickly doing a transfer or anything like that. There's people behind me that want to get to the front, and I was just devastated. I'm like, oh no. Oh well, okay, cool. And I kind of got to the point where I was about to turn around and just go. And then the guy from behind me actually said, hey, why don't I get it for you? And just came and, you know, just bought it for me. And, you know, it was a really, really nice thing, obviously. And I was just like, wow, like, thank you so much. That's so good. And he said something like, you know, why wouldn't I? It's Christmas, you know, or something like that. And I was like, it's just a tradie dude. And I was like, wow, like, you know, that's, that's so cool. And, you know, it's something that I will never forget. Something, you know, it was a few years ago. It's only a really small thing. It was probably only, you know, 10 or $15, whatever, how big the order was. So it seems small, but it's something that actually changed me in some ways. It actually really changed me, particularly on that day, that whole day. I couldn't help but be filled with joy afterwards. I was just like, wow, I can't believe that this guy would do that for me. It's so nice, you know. It's not just because I wanted to eat Maccas, but I was just like, why would he go out of his way to actually help me? And he actually filled me with joy. And I just can't help but imagine what the church would look like if we firstly said, hey, let's be led by the light this Christmas. Let's actually follow Jesus. Let's not miss it. But then also from that, let's actually be leading others to the light as well. Let's be encouraging people. Let's be bringing joy to people. You know, it might be buying someone lunch. It might be just saying hello to someone. I don't know. It It can look like so many different things. But how can we as people of God, led by the light, actually say, I'm going to bring value to others this Christmas. I want to bring joy to other people. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing a song called uh, King of Kings, an incredible song. We're going to sing that together. Praise God. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll continue in that way. Let's pray. God, we do just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that we can learn from you from the stories in the Bible. God, and I pray that this year... 
like the wise men, we wouldn't miss you. We would be looking for you, God, that we would be led by the light. I pray that we would be able to look to you, that we would hope in you, and we would be able to seek you, God. Then even just from that, God, I pray that we would be people that also, from being led ourselves, would actually help others along the way. We would communicate value to others. We would bring joy to people, God. And we, you, may we be guided by your presence, by your spirit, when we're out in the shops, when we're out doing different things, when we're at family gatherings, God. And I pray that you would just move through us and that, God, we would just be led by you this Christmas. Amen. Let's sing together.